Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can still. My soul is thirsty, Lord, to know you as I know. Lord, I say thank you, Lord, for a brand new day. And I declare, Lord, this morning that my soul is thirsty. My soul thirsts to know you. My soul thirsts to love you. My soul thirsts to know you more and more, O oh Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you for a brand new day. Thank you for a brand new message this morning. Thank you for this grace to be able to come into your presence. Thank you, Lord, for this grace to be able to call you Father. I give you all the praise. I give you all the glory. And this morning, I worship you as Jehovah. I worship you this morning, Yahweh, my God and my Lord. I worship you this morning because you are a faithful God. Lord, Scripture says that you watch over your word to perform them. Scripture says that you are true and you cannot deny yourself. At this morning, I worship you because you are faithful. Receive all the glory. Receive all the praise. Once again, Lord, we are here in your presence. We have come to fellowship. We have come to worship. But we have also come to read your word. We ask this morning, Lord, speak to us. We ask, Lord, this morning that our hearts will retain your word, that we will learn the lessons in the Bible. Lord, let your name alone be glorified. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. All right. It's a good morning, a good afternoon, good evening to you, whatever time it is that you are joining in to our devotion. I am Murphy Aye Nike uh, saying welcome. All right. So let's go straight back into our reading of the book of Second Kings. Yesterday we stopped on chapter 13. Chapter 13, we saw. Uh, we saw all the accounts and how you know um we had seen the faithfulness of of jehohadad you know uh, we talked about that yesterday and ataliah two people we contrast you know and on their impact on 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 the throne on those leading israel and then of course we saw how johash came you know to lead uh, uh, because of the help of jehohadad in the hand, you know, I think that was in chapter 12, we saw how how he was he was killed, you know, by his of officers or officials, and then his son Amaziah, you know, will come to lead. And that's where we will start chapter 14 from. Um always take note of uh, the reigns of the king. Remember, Joash had such a long reign, he became king at just seven years old. And then, um, obviously, uh, chapter 13 gives us uh, the account of the king of Israel, Jehoahaz. Okay, had become had become king, the son of Jehu. Jehu that did, you know, uh, bring the execution and the judgment of God upon upon Ahab. Okay, uh, we saw him. Okay, become king in Israel. All right, so we continue the story from there. We'll try and read. Three chapters again 
today, Amaziah, son of Joash, began to rule over Judah in the second year of the king, of the king of, of second year of the reign of the second year of the reign of King Jeho, Jehoash of Israel. Amaziah was 25 years old when he, be, he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother was Jehoadin from Jerusalem. Amaziah did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, but not like his ancestor David. Instead, he followed the example of his father, Joash. You know, so you see that Joash himself became a standard. While he was not as great as King David, uh, but Joash became a standard, you know, uh, he became a standard for, for his son. His son wanted to follow the example of his father. He said he followed the example of his father, Joash. Amaziah did not destroy the pagan shrine, and the people still offered sacrifices and burnt, burnt incense there. I hope you remember that this, the Bible calls them, is it the cage, calls them, you know, the eye altars, you know, uh, these pagan shrines, you know, where people offered sacrifice. Remember that they were built by Solomon. So just imagine how many kings have come and gone, you know, and how many revivers have come and gone. Uh, but these eye altars, this pagan shrine, you know, these eye places, yes, the way the KJV puts it, these eye places still remained. Okay, so uh, be very careful with idolatry. Yes, be careful, be very careful with idolatry. But yes, he followed, he followed the example of his father, but the high places, the pagan shrine, were not destroyed. Chapter verse 5 says that when Amaziah was well established as king, he executed the officials who had assassinated his father, obviously. That was expected. Uh, Joash was a good king, you know, so um, why was he assassinated? Most likely, of course, Jehoadad, we didn't hear about him again, so he must have passed on, and these guys took advantage, uh, took advantage, okay? So he assassinated those, executed those who assassinated his father. However, he did not kill the children of the assassins. You see, you see how great uh, the impact of Joash and of course Jehoadad would have been on this boy's life. Uh, remember Ataliah, <laughs> who wiped out children, who wiped out everyone you know who was of royal blood, just because you know um, she wanted to take revenge. Her son had been killed. She wanted to take revenge and did not want to take any, uh, uh, just take any. Uh, um, um, just not don't take any chance that okay anyone is able to you know come and then become king uh, you know but Joash survived you know but when his own son you know Amaziah was going to bring you know judgment on these people he didn't he didn't attack their children he said however he did not kill the children of the assassins for he obeyed the command of the Lord as written by Moses in the book of the law Parents must not be put to death for the sins of their children, nor children for the sins of their parents. And those deserving to die 
must be put to death for their own crimes okay so that tells you that uh, the book of moses the book of instruction was was very common it was something that they read and they have learned to imbibe joash and amaziah verse 7 amaziah also killed 10000 edomites in the valley of salt he also conquered Sela and changed its name to Jokthil, as it is called to this day. One day, Amaziah sent messengers with this challenge to Israel's king, Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz, and grandson of Jehu, come and meet me in battle. But King Jehoash of Israel replied to King Amaziah of Judah with this story. Out in the out in the in the Lebanon mountain, a thistle has sent a message to a mighty cedar tree. Give your daughter in marriage to my son. But just then, a wild animal of Lebanon came by and stepped on the thistle, <laughs> crushing it. You have indeed defeated Edom, and you are proud of it. But be content with your victory and stay at home. Why stir up trouble that will only bring disaster on you and the people of Judah? But Amaziah refused to listen. So King Jehoash of Israel mobilized his army against King Amaziah of Judah. The two armies drew up their battle lines at Beth, Beth Shemesh in Judah. Judah was routed by the army of Israel and its and its army scattered and fled for home. King Jehoash of Israel captured Judah's king, Amaziah, son of Joash, and grandson of Ahaziah at Beth Shemesh. Then he marched to Jerusalem, where he demolished 600 feet of Jerusalem's wall, from the Ephraim gate uh, to the corner gate. He carried off all the gold and silver and all the articles from the temple of the Lord. He also seized the treasures from the royal palace along with hostages and then returned to Samaria. The rest of the event in Joash's reign and everything he did, including the extent of his power and his war with King Amaziah of Judah, are recorded in the books of the history of the kings of Israel. When Jehoash died, he was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel, and his son Jeroboam II became the next king. King Amaziah of Judah lived for 15 years after the death of King Jehoash of Israel. The rest of the events in Amaziah's reign are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. Uh, there was a conspiracy against Amaziah, Amaziah's life in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lashish. But his enemies sent assassins after him, and they killed him there. So, yes, assassins, you know, his officials, father's officials killed him, and then assassins also killed him himself, talking about Amaziah. So, but his enemies sent assassins after him, and they killed him there. They brought his body back to Jerusalem on a horse, and he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. All the people of Judah had crowned Amaziah's 16-year-old son, Uzziah. Yes, take note of the name of this boy. I'm sure immediately you hear Uzziah. 
uh, one prophet comes immediately to mind. Yes, the prophet Isaiah. So that tells you the parallels, okay, where we are in already, right? Even though we are reading the book of Second King, uh, this guy is going to be on the throne. Uzziah is going to be on the same on the throne uh, during the same period with King Isaiah, who wrote the book of Isaiah. Okay, we will get there. It says, "Our sixteen-year-old son Uzziah, as king in in place of his father Amaziah, after his father's death." Uzziah rebuilt the town of Elaph and uh, restored it to Judah. So this guy is going to be a great king. Jeroboam, okay, great, let me not say great king, even though he was a leper. Jeroboam II rules, of course, uh, was now the one who was ruling in Israel. So Jeroboam II, the son of Jehoash, began to rule over Israel in the 15th year of King Amaziah, Amaziah's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria 41 years, a long one. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. Jeroboam II recovered the territories of Israel between Lebu Hamath and the Dead Sea, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had promised through Jonah, son of Amittai, the prophet from Gath, Gath Ephah. For the Lord saw the bitter suffering of everyone in Israel, and that there was no one in Israel, slave or free, to help them. And because the Lord had not said he would blot out the name of Israel completely, he used Jeroboam II, the son of Jehoash, to save them. The rest of the events in the reign of Jeroboam II and everything he did, including the extent of his power, his words, and how he recovered for Israel both Damascus and Amath, uh, which had belonged to Judah, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. When Jeroboam II died, he was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. Then his son, Zechariah, became the next king. And this guy is going to be uh, such a terrible king. Yes, such a terrible king. Okay, uh, but uh, we will read his account. So um, his father passes on. Remember that Uzziah is the one who will become king, you know, uh, about the same time when this boy will be king, this boy is Zachariah. So uh, let's read on to chapter 15. Uzziah, son of Amaziah, began to rule over Judah in the 27th year of the reign of King Jeroboam II of Israel. He was 16 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. If I'm not careful, this is the longest any king you know, uh, ruled either in Israel or in Judah. His mother's name, his mother was Jecolia, uh, yes, Jecolia from Jerusalem. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his father Amaziah. In other words, you've had Johash, you've had Amaziah, you have Uzziah, you know, three straight kings who the Bible says specifically they did what was right in the Lord's sight. Again, I will trace it back to that wonderful guy, Jehoadad, the wonderful, you know, priest who raised, who raised Joah, uh, uh, Johash. 
It says he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his father Amaziah had done. But he did not destroy the pagan shrine. And I'm telling you, the pagan shrine had lived there almost every king. And the people still offered sacrifices and burnt incense there. The Lord struck the king with leprosy, hmm, uh, which lasted until the day he died. He lived in isolation in a separate house. The king's son, Jotam, hmm, was put in charge of the royal palace and he governed the people of the land. The rest of the event of Uzziah's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. So we will read this in the book of Chronicles, okay? We will read the account of what he did and the reason why God struck him with leprosy. Verse 7, when Uzziah died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David and his son Jotham became the king. Yes, I have. When you read that verse, one verse should have jumped straight to mind when Isaiah said, yes, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the glory of God. Okay, so it wasn't that Uzziah was such a, because uh, there are those who read that verse and think that Uzziah was such a bad king. You, you read that, right? He did what was right in the Lord's sight. He made this mistake and there was a reason why God struck him with leprosy. We'll read about that. Okay, so let's go on. Zechariah, at this time, of course, the son of Jeroboam II, was the one who was, who was king in Israel. Zechariah, son of Jeroboam II, began to rule over Israel in the 38th year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria six months, just six months. Zechariah did what was evil in the Lord's sight, as his ancestors had done. He refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. Then Shalom, son of Jabesh, Jabesh conspired against Zechariah, assassinated him in public, and became the next king. Shalom, son of Jabesh. So we don't know where this guy is from, whether he was of royal blood, at least about this point. It tells us that the rest, verse 11, the rest of the event in Zechariah's reign are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. So the lost message to Jehu came true. Your descendants will be kings of Israel down to the fourth generation. So yes, we've seen the fourth one. Uh, this last young guy, Zechariah. Verse 13 says, Shalom, son of Jabesh, began to rule over Israel in the 39th year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. Shalom, Shalom reigned in Israel only one month. So you see how many kings Uzziah saw, right, that came and went with Israel. He reigned just one month. Then uh, Menahem, son of Gadi went to Samaria from Thessa and assassinated him and he became the next king. So they were just <laughs> killing themselves right, left and center. Okay, the scripture says the rest of the event of Shalom's reign, including his conspiracy, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. And I'm sure that Menahem, Menahem killed him claiming that uh, because you killed the king, so me too, I'm going to do the same thing. But he has also, you know, sowed his own seed. And this is how it will continue like that, like that, until Israel will be destroyed. 16 says, at that time, uh, Menahem destroyed the town of Tapua and all the surrounding countryside as far as Teza, uh, because its citizens refused to surrender the towns. 
he killed the entire population and ripped open uh, the pregnant women. Wow. Menahem, son of Gadi, began to rule over Israel in the 39th year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria 10 years. But uh, Menahem did what was evil in the Lord's sight during his entire reign. He refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. Then King uh, Tiglath, Tiglath, uh, uh, Pelisa, Tig, King Tiglath Pelisa of Assyria invaded the land, but uh, Menahem paid him 37 tons of silver to gain his support in tightening his, his grip on royal, on royal power. Menahem extorted the, extorted the money from the rich of Israel, demanding that each of them pay 50 uh, pieces of silver to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria turned from attacking Israel and did not stay in the land. Of course, it's only a matter of time. The rest of the event of Manahem's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. When Menahem died, his son uh, Pe Pekahiah became the next king. Pekahiah, son of Manahem, of course, Uzziah is still king. Pekahiah, son of Manahem, uh, Menahem became began to rule over Israel in the 50th year of the uh, 50th year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria two years, but Pekahiah did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had, had led Israel to commit. Then Pekah, son of um, Remaliah, the commander of Pekahiah's army, conspired against him. With 50 men from Gilead, uh, Pekah assassinated the king along with Agob and Arie in the citadel of the palace of Samaria, and Pekah reigned in his place. The rest of the events in um, Pekahiah's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the East, the book of, of the history of the kings of Israel. Pekah, son of Remaliah, uh, began to, reign, to rule over Israel in the 52nd year of King Uzziah's uh, reign in, in Judah. So, yes, Pekah now, and then, of course, Uzziah will pass on, and his son, you know, would take over. So, yes, uh, the king of um, 52nd year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah, he reigned in Samaria uh, 20 years. But Pekah did what was evil in the lost tide. He refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. I'm, I'm sure that by now you must be wondering, are all of these guys you know, um, um, mentally retarded? Or can't they see that it seems that evil and harm comes on everyone that refuses to turn from, okay, from, from the sins of Jeroboam, you know, um, and the idolatry and everything that they committed, you know, but they all still just continue. And it was only a matter of time, I'm telling you, Israel will be uprooted and taken away. So he continued in the sin of Jeroboam also. 29 says, during Pekah's reign, King Teglat, uh, Pelisa of Assyria, attacked Israel again and he captured the towns of Aijon, Abel Beth Meheka. Uh, Janoha, Kedesh, and Azor. He also conquered the regions of Gilead, Galilee, and all of Naphtali, and he took the people to Assyria as captives. Then, then 
Oshea, son of Ela, conspired against Pekah and assassinated him. He began to rule over Israel in the, 20, the 20th year of Jotham, son of Uzziah. So remember when the guy became king, that was also King Uzziah was king for 52 years, you know, so that was about the same time. So when you are reading the book of Isaiah, okay, you have to take note of all this coming and going and all of these assassinations that were taking place in Israel and all of the prophecy that God would have been using Uzziah to speak over, to speak over Damascus, to speak over Samaria, okay? So when you are reading the book of Isaiah, you have to take note of this. Since the rest of the events in Pekah's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. And Jotham, verse 32, son of Uzziah, began to rule over Judah in, this, and in the second year of King Pekah's reign in Israel. He was 25 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 16 years. His mother was uh, Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. Jotham did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. Okay, you see, father after father after father from Joash. All of them did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. He did everything his father Uzziah had done, but he did not destroy the pagan shrine. And the people still offered sacrifices and burnt incense there. He rebuilt at the upper gate of the temple of the Lord. The rest of the event in Jotham's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. In those days, the Lord began to send King Rezin of Aram and King Pekah of Israel to attack Judah. When Jotham died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David, and his son Ahaz became the next king. And I'm telling you, you know, you would have noticed that uh, relatively, you know, apart from uh, the period when Ataliah tried to destroy, you know, the royal bloodline, you would have noticed that Israel was always stable. Okay? It, no, sorry, Judah was always stable. It was only in Israel that, you know, kings were just being assassinated right, left, and center. Some of them for just few months. Alright, let's uh, read chapter 16 and see how far we can go. Ahaz, son of Jotham, began to rule over Judah in the 17th year of King Speka's reign in Israel. Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 16 years. He did not do what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord his God as his ancestor David had done. Instead, he followed the examples example of the king of Israel, sadly, even sacrificing his own son in the fire. Wow! Ha ha ha! Remember that this uh, was, was strange. Uh, this is strange for a king a king okay a king from judah to do uh he did not follow david but instead followed the king of israel and now he sacrificed his own son in the fire in this way he followed the detestable practices of the pagan nation the lord had driven from the land ahead of the israelites he offered sacrifices and burnt incense at the pagan shrine and on the hills and under every green tree Sadly, the king, uh, the then King Resin of Aram and 
King Pekah of Israel came up to attack Jerusalem. They besieged Ahaz but could not conquer him. At that time, the king of Edom recovered the town of Elath from El- for Edom. He drove out, uh, out the people of Judah and set, sent Edomites to live there as they do to this day. So you see, Ahaz, I don't even know who gave him this, this, uh, these funny names. Okay, um, but however, for for after a long time, you know, right from Joash's reign, okay, uh, just messed up everything. And of course, because of his action, you see that the nation began to suffer. So very important as a king, as a leader, as the leader, remember your action impacts the people. It says King Ahaz sent messengers to, to, to King Teglath-Pelesa of Assyria with this message, I am your servant and your vassal. Come up and rescue me from the attacking armies of Aram and Israel. Then King Ahaz took the silver and the gold from the temple of the Lord and the palace treasury and sent it as payment to the, king, to the, to the Assyrian king. So the king of Assyria attacked the Aramean capital of Damascus and led its population away as captives, resettling them in care. He also king, killed King Resin. Hmm. King Ahaz then went to Damascus to meet with King Teglath-Pelissa of Assyria. While he was there, he took special note of the altar. This guy was just crazy. Then he sent a model of the altar to Uriah the, king, the priest, along with its design in full details. Uriah uh, followed the king's instruction and built an altar just like it, and it was it was ready before the king returned from Damascus. Then the king returned. He, when the king returned, he inspected the altar and made offerings on it. Remember, usually for Judah, offerings were only offered. You know, right there before the, in the temple, he presented a burnt offering and a grain grain offering. He poured out a liquid offering and he sprinkled the blood of peace offering on the altar. Then King Ahaz removed the old bronze altar from its place in front of the Lord's temple between the entrance and the new altar and placed it on the north side of the new altar. He told Uriah the priest, use the new altar for the morning sacrifices of burnt offering, the evening grain offering, the king's burnt offering and grain offering, and the burnt offering of all the people, as well as their grain offering and liquid offerings. Sprinkle the blood from all the burnt offering and sacrifices on the new altar. The bronze altar will be for my personal use only. Can you imagine this guy, Uriah the priest, did just as King Ahaz commanded him. Then the king removed the side panels and basins from the portable water cart. He also removed the great bronze basin, called the sea, from the back of the bronze oxen and placed it on the stone pavement. In deference to the king of Assyria, he also removed the canopy that had been constructed inside the palace for use on the Sabbath day, as well as the king's outer entrance to the temple of the Lord. The rest of the events in Ea's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. When Ahaz died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son, Ezekiah, became the next king. Wow! 
So I can promise you our next read is going to be uh, by far more interesting than these last three chapters where people were just killing themselves right, left and center. Yes, of course, Ezekiah is going to be a great king. Uh, yes, he will be the one to be able to repel the king of Assyria. Okay, what lesson do I take from everything that we have read today? I don't know about you, uh, people, kings coming and going, you know, um, people assassinating people and things that they are getting away with it but not realizing that they were sowing seeds that they themselves were going to reap again for me it's a big lesson so be careful the seeds you sow be careful the seeds you sow ah when you sow seeds you are very likely to reap them yes the kings of israel got a lot of that yes but from the king of judah i think there's a lesson to learn you saw that from joash reign there have been such you know a great example laid until ahaz came and messed everything up so be very careful be very careful the examples you are laying for your children be very careful with the examples you are laying. As a child, be careful not to move away from the example your parents have given you. All right, I think very two good lessons for us to learn. Can we just begin to pray as we go? Father, thank you. Thank you for another time in your presence. Thank you for the lessons we have learned today. Father, help us to invite them. Help us to be examples to our children. As children, help us to learn from our parents in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, help us to sow good seeds. Ah, help us to be doers of your word in the name of Jesus. Lord, I declare a blessing today over your people. I declare in blessing they are blessed. In multiplying, they will multiply. Lord, today I declare your face will shine upon them and they will return with testimonies. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.